Welcome to Earn's World. Hitting you over the head one bop at a time. When it comes to the we do, there's no comparison. This is the Earn's World Podcast. Hosted by DJ Earn One and Diff You. What it do? There's a culture shift, and we're the culprits. Check it out, Alright y'all, welcome back to the Earns World Podcast. It's your boy DJ Earn One. It's your boy Diff You. And today we got a special guest in the building. We got the homie JR. What's good? What's good? Yeah, actually, what you what do you want? What do you want the people to introduce? What you what, 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 what do you want to introduce you as to the people? Hey man, I'm just a regular guy. I, don't, I mean <laughs> Y'all better It's the homie, y'all it's the homie JR. It's me. I don't know, it's man. The homie just, JR. You know. Also a fellow North Carolinian out here in the PDX. You know how we do. Stay hey. connected. You know, you know what I'm saying? All my Charlotte people out there, yeah, in Charlotte and in Oregon, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a wonderful thing, man. Yeah. I tend to be the one that like his needs boy, to not protect. Yeah, my so. shit is like always loud as hell. Yeah. But um, yo, it's really good to have you. You know what I'm saying? Um, first off, before we really get started, it's good to have you, but it's also good to have somebody that you know. It's from around the way because Thanks. that's always a really cool vibe. And to have somebody else out here and see like the network of Charlotte people growing, it's uh it's pretty cool, man. So thank you for showing up and pulling up and uh how you feel, you know. This is apparently your first pod, right? First it time is. like, you know, on this type of on this type of time and so what's how it like? Feel? Yeah, how you feel? I feel good, you know. Like like y'all said, man, y'all just the homies. I've been knowing True. y'all for a minute, so I feel like, you know, just a conversation. I'm Facts. Man, Slick, man. damn, man. It's I'm crazy, man, cuz like now I think about it, we met initially I want to say maybe had to be like maybe 2 to 3 months into me moving into in, into Portland. Facts. Maybe. Was it coincidental that like kind of sort of we just happened to both be in a focus group. That's it. Like uh, the homie, one of the homies Brenton pulled us both into a focus group. Shout out to the homie Brenton. And that's how we met. We were just in there talking kicks and like sportswear apparel and stuff like that. Before y'all even found out about the Charlotte Connection. Bingo. I mean, oh. that's kind of how we found out about the Charlotte Connection. I walked in a little bit late because I, I was coming from a meeting. <laughs> and I came in, told people where I was from. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm from Charlotte, too. And I was like, what? And then I was like, wait, he's t- telling me which high school he went to. And I was like, hold up. I was like, you know, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. He was like, yep. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then from there, it was just, yeah, super organic. Now, I will say, I feel like this tends to, I'm starting to realize this tends to be an ongoing question um, on the pod. It either starts out with, uh, why are you leaving or what brought you here? So we're going to ask, what brought you here and how do you feel about uh, Portland, you know, coming from where you were from? Uh, Yeah, man. I feel like my opinion doesn't differ too much from y'all's, you know, just being charlatans. But... Like everybody, yeah, I know, right? Uh-huh. Um, like everybody, work brought me out of here. Well, honestly, before that, school. Um, so my partner Shannon, she found the University of Oregon like sports product management program. And she hit me up and was like, "Hey, I think this would be dope. We both kind of have these interests. What you feel like? Think we should do it?" I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." So we both did it. We actually moved out. Like um, it was a little fiasco to get out here. So we moved out well before our class start date because we were trying to get in-state tuition she ended up finessing it i did not um but we moved out in 2017 and really ain't looked back since um yeah finished up school and then after that it was just okay how can i turn um you know a sports product management degree into a job so 
if you know anything about Portland, you know all the sports product companies are here, so I just gotta stay here. Um, but yeah, no, that's facts. Big yeah. facts. How you like it? We got three three major sportswear companies out here in Portland. It's cool. Um, it's cool. I respectfully I, like. My hot take on Portland is I actually like the pace of Portland. Portland me reminds too. me of Charlotte in a lot of ways. I've said that. I've said that. I've said that a few, a few in a few senses too. I think it's about the same. Like it's about I feel the same like speed. I feel like this. Like the I feel pace. Like of, I, I, I like Portland. I, I, I see why you say that. I feel like Portland's a little that. slower than Charlotte. Uh, it could. I yes. Like we don't. Wait I think for the only reason why I say across the street in Charlotte. No. People were like the pace of the city is slow here. Um, which I appreciate. Like I it doesn't can, feel can, too much. That. I've lived in Chicago. I've lived in some of these bigger cities. So comparing that pace to like, you know, the pace out here is just different. Um, but I appreciate it. I I think that if you could take the people from Charlotte and like drop them in Portland, then I you know, I, I don't see a reason to leave. Um, but because you know the rain doesn't bother me, the weather, whatever, all all the other things. You don't get depressed. Will, Nah, I'm I mean, moody. I tell people all the time with the rain. I'm just like, honestly, you you going? There's no way real way way around the rain out here. So it's like you might as well just get a rain. Lately, it's been some, throwing down waterproof though. gear. Lately, it's been throwing down. It's normally just intimidation tactics, but lately it's been really <laughs> fucking throwing down. Like for real. Like I had to learn that when I first got out here. I was like, I, I, you know, because when we where we from, when it's raining, it's like you really got to cover up because it's raining. You know what I'm saying? Over here, when it's raining, it's like you could really walk a, walk with a hoodie when it's People raining. Don't it's, get that, it's like, bro. but it's that's why I say it's intimidation tactics. It feels like it's gonna be raining hard, but it's like, nah, it's really not really raining. It's like light rain. Like them afternoon thunderstorms in the south, like that southern rain. We get floods. It's a torrential downpour. We get heavy rain, floods. Yeah, like the raindrops yeah, hurt it, when it, it hits you. It rains for real, for real on the east coast, like Facts. Facts. all up and down the east coast. Anywhere it snows, it rains during the. I guess the the ones where it's not like OD freezing. Yeah. And then like anywhere down south where we just have a bunch of humidity, it rains a lot. And you can expect a downpour out of nowhere. Yeah. True. Um, and it'll still it'll rain hard as hell for like 30 minutes. Sometimes even 15. Stop. Yeah. Like, yeah. stop. Like, and then start real again. quick. Stop. And then be humid as hell for no reason afterwards. Yeah. Matter of fact, let me ask y'all a question. What's good? So do y'all prefer, you know, that downpour for... 30 minutes or do you want that little persistent little baby rain give me 30 minutes of... and done i don't like the ongoing rain shit i don't That's like crazy. being wet and rainy but then this is the thing though this is the thing though you really can't win because where we from either way it goes you're gonna get the humidity so i'll take the uh kind of I, I i might say i would want the ongoing rain just because i don't like humidity the humidity is something but i do miss those summer fucking summer nights after it rains and it's kind of you sitting on a porch and it's just that you hear the frogs and shit i yeah. do there's like this little shit like that i miss it's like i don't miss the humidity but i miss just that like the aftermath of the rain just that atmosphere yeah. and just that vibe of like the summer humidity feeling of like, ref- like the, at the, night the area being refreshed basically yeah. well like i said i keep bringing it up like i don't want to use the word humidity because i hate humidity but it's just it's, it's more kind of like now that i'm not there i kind of just rem- reminisce it's like because the times where it really was enjoyable we were kids. We outside enjoying it. We not really thinking too much on like you know what it really felt like. But as an adult, when you really think about it, it's like nah. But at the same time, it's like I can see why I, you know there's certain parts of the South that you know you just ain't gonna get compared to a place like here. You know what I'm saying? We don't. We not even in no near no woods. You don't hear no cicadas. You don't hear no you know frogs like that. It's I just mean, we definitely near the woods. 
We in the woods, but it's a different It's different. It's a different type of woods. You're right. You're right. Like the wildlife is different. They don't have as many bugs out here as we do down south. Facts, though, because the flies ain't really on no killer shit. Back home, them flies, bro. When I went back home recently, them flies were savages, dog. But now that you say it, Tevin, I feel like humidity has something to do with how many bugs we experience. Because oh, no, it, does, it was sure. it, it was funny because I I was watching your story when you went back oh shit. a while ago you had this funny clip talking about bro I ain't remember the humidity being like oh you said when I was freeballing and bro like that experience <laughs> to me was like it hit home because that was funny as hell I didn't remember like you don't realize how humid it was until you leave that humidity then come back to that humidity. Cause that humidity is a different, it is a different beast. Man, I said, bro, I'm wearing trunks all fucking all week. Like I'm really wearing <laughs> trunks. Like I'm not. Is why? Why am I wearing shorts with underwear and pants? Like fuck that shit, man. <laughs> I need to be near some water. You know what I'm saying? And that's another thing too. It's like North Carolina is cool, but we weren't near no beach. So it's like, unless you had a friend that had water, like a pool, mm-hmm. you got to deal with that. You wasn't escaping it. You but, weren't escaping it exactly. But, like you, you win that shit. To your point, though, bro. Like the infrastructure of the city is different. Like for example, you can build apartment buildings. That's that's one thing that blew me when I moved out here. Like you can build an apartment building and not have to put AC in it. In the south, that's no, that's just crazy. No, that's not a good idea. I think that's, that's Portland shit. Building an apartment that's some Portland that's shit. That's definitely some Portland shit. That don't, oh, mean, that don't make you that can't don't do that down south. That's what I'm saying. Like the infrastructure of the city is different. But they like, need to add some motherfucking AC. <laughs> oh no, I like be wilding. Hundred percent. And that is some Portland shit because I noticed that when I moved out here. It's definitely some Portland shit. So another thing, uh, I wanted to uh, kind of talk about some of the things you like to do creatively because you know a lot of people don't know but you're you're a graphic designer you know what i'm saying and i'm an artist myself we chat a lot off camera on like creative shit so uh i kind of want to dive into your your brain a little bit as far as like art is concerned okay you know what i'm saying and i don't really know where we want to start with that but i kind of just want to like pick your brain a little bit you know what i'm saying on some art shit and kind of like understand where you come from and your origins creatively and like what what got you to where you are creatively because you said you've been you because how long you been working on graphics is this is this new or is this like nah bro um matter of fact i had an internship with adobe um for real and yeah um i don't know why you never fucking you never told me this okay so like my <laughs> history with graphics is very loaded and i need to get better about like sharing my stuff I feel like um, we all do, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because I feel a, like it's a thing. It's the a majority routine. of the people in our circle, we could for real, for real talk our shit if we wanted to, but most of us you are know. just mad. It's weird. I'm modest I, it's, about it. See, I make music, so for me, it's a very self, more self-conscious thing because it's like I, like, I don't want to keep posting the same fucking music and shit, even though it's like the reality of it is that's not really how it really goes because even if you are posting the same shit, yeah. Or sharing the same shit, there's always gonna be somebody new that you run into that doesn't know you. Yep. You know what I'm saying? There's always a circle of people that you're around where, yeah, you may bring that shit up, but it's somebody that don't know you that might have interest in what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? So I'm now a little more like 
open, I guess, about accepting yeah. that shit. No, nah, facts. That uh, that self consciousness never. I'm not gonna say it never escapes you, but it's something that like I feel like all creators really deal with. Um, just because there's so much vulnerability in putting something that you care about out there for consumption. Um, and we'll talk about. But it we now. should talk our shit though. I mean, because at the end of the day, it's like. Like, I really brought that up just to say that, like, you're right. We, a lot, we do a lot of shit, but we tend to not really, like, flex our shit. What's funny, yeah. though, I always like to flex my homie shit over my shit. Like, literally just earlier today, yeah. I was talking to somebody. I was like, yo, if you need shoot, uh, any photos or anything like that, hit me ASAP. My guy going to get you right. You know what I'm saying? It's like. Yeah, nah, facts. I mean, I did mention, so, I did mention on the last episode, we got, we got, this, we got this studio. Produ- production going, game is like, coming up, man. Yeah, man. Um, to answer your question, though, yeah, long history with that stuff. So, like, we were talking about a little bit before we even started recording today. Um, I came from architecture. So, I remember it was middle school. It was, like, fifth grade. Um, I was drawing something in class, um, and a teacher came up to me and was like, you know, I think you have an affinity towards art. You're pretty strong in math. Have you ever thought about architecture? I had never really heard about architecture as a as a career at that point and it just always stuck with me in the back of my mind and then come to you know fast forward to high school it's time to make a decision about what you want to do with your life and um you know choose a major Mm -hmm. i chose architecture um and that's kind of just what like started me getting comfortable with the programs around like graphics and graphic creation um so i learned all that stuff to be able to be stronger as an architecture student and then ended up dropping architecture as like a discipline and then just sticking with the tools around architecture um, and kind of snowballed from there. But yeah, to your point, so this was like back when Creative Cloud first dropped. So when I first started using like Adobe, like Illustrator, Photoshop, all the programs that, you know, a graphic designer knows, it was like Illustrator 7 and Photoshop 8. Okay, so this is like 20... Like 2014. 14, 15-ish. Right. 2013, 2014. Yeah. Um, So, Clemson... That's around the the time that I got introduced to, to like, just the Adobe software, for real, for real. Same. And I got introduced to it through an internship, actually, so... Yeah. Um, So, like, you know, I'll never forget, we had a a laundry list of... uh, materials to buy for architecture school you had to buy like the physical discs of like photoshop and illustrate and then drones was like 300 dollars a pop i remember having a physical disc but i only got it because my grandmother bought a laptop and it came with it and it was crazy because this was like in that weird era of media where apple was starting to take the disc drive off of Uh uh-huh laptops yep. but you still had to like download with a portable disk drive mm-hmm. right they, so they i had the download code for the apple computers bro so i had to yeah. buy an optical drive just to download photoshop on my first like computer when i was really starting to, to use the stuff long story short the following year is the first year they launched like creative cloud where all this stuff is cloud-based you could download you know what i'm saying that's mm-hmm. like my sophomore year Clemson was one of the first, like, universities to have a direct partnership with Adobe. So they came in, they being Adobe, and built out, like, the middle part of our library. Adobe Labs and stuff. We had, like, a green screen room, an Mm -hmm. audio production room, a video production room. That's how I can talk about this stuff with you, because, like, I I came from that space when I was working in that for a little bit. Um, 
so yeah, I worked at the Genius Bar or whatever you want to call it um, as an intern, a digital partnership intern for Adobe um, in like 2014, 2015. One of my biggest regrets, honestly, from that internship is you could have sat down for the certifications mm-hmm. and got like certified in Photoshop or certified in Illustrator. And I should have. I never did. But um, it's what got me comfortable in the programs, and I just never really quit using them. So all through architecture school until I graduated in 2017, I was using them. Fast forward to grad school, I started using them. I had internships that was also calling for just skills and experience mm-hmm. in those, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, probably it's been, it's been uh, you know, a little over 10 years at this point that I've been in, in that world. Um, what do you see yourself going creatively in the next like five to ten years? Um, what's, what's the goals and game plan? I know it's loaded, loaded, but another, you know, but in, a, in, a, in a nutshell. Um, ultimately, I don't want to say I want to be like a tastemaker, but I do want to have. A I, mean, I feel like you kind of already. That's what are. it's all about, low key. Yeah. I mean, depending on what type of motherfucker you are, it's just like some things you just gotta own it. I feel like what type of people we are, man, we not, you can't put us in one box. That's So that's it's it. like, it's inevitable. Like, you, it's even if you wanted to do one thing, I don't think you really could. That's my, bro, you hit it right on the head. That's my biggest thing. I don't really want to be put in a box. I want to own, I want to own, earn, that's it. I want to own like a creative agency with Shannon um, where we can just do our own thing. Um, I, I hear like that. You already are kind of. That's on the, exactly right. Like we're, yeah. we're early. We're trajectory. in the foundation. Yeah, yeah we're in making, making 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 um, making strides in that direction. Bingo. We're getting there. Um, but ultimately, I would like to wake up every day with no agenda. Create facts. Um, Don't perfect, we all? Scenario, perfect, and then perfect scenario. If the people like it, they like buy it. it. We're all manifesting or, our destiny right now. You know, literally. And you, in hearing you say that, uh, kind of like. Reiterates where we all are right now because it's like that's why I, I, I was saying before we even got on camera, I was like, I feel good about this pod because you know, like, and like, even like when you say, you know, I've, I'm around people that like I vibe with, you know what I'm saying? So it's like being around a certain network of people that understand the, the type of shit and type of timing that we on, yeah, it's easier to just, yeah. you know, move and work, work together, flow together, you know what I'm saying? So that's really cool. I feel like. Yeah, I'm about to get a note because I'm about to be asking y'all questions back as y'all ask me questions. But to your point, though, about being understood as a creative, do you feel like you have to, do you feel like it's more palatable in, in Portland to explain what you do and yourself to people rather than when you're back home? Um, yeah, the, only as reason a I, the only reason I would say yes is because the creative industry already exists out here so by True. default you're talking yeah. to people that yeah. already kind of understand and yeah. un- understand the realms and the spheres that you exist in professionally mm-hmm. and personally even on a tiny ass scale like even on the smallest minuscule of scales uh he's absolutely right because i i was kind of like uh but then the reality of it is uh yeah no i mean if you think about it I mean, shit, I didn't sell none of the stuff I ever... I've been making art since I was a kid, and yeah. I never sold anything until I moved out here. I never made money off it. Well, I take that back. Let me let me slow down a little bit. I did sell clothes. I'm not going to count the clothes, but mm-hmm. I mean, like, as far as, like, other things, like my own prints, mm-hmm. selling stickers. Mm-hmm. Like, first off, Portland is literally a sticker city. I've said this before. It's literally a sticker city. Like, 
people like love stickers like people legit ask for stickers people have tr- like sticker trades sticker meets that shit ain't in charlotte you can make a you can make a little hustle off stickers out here so i say that to say that's why i brought up like in the most smallest minuscule ways you can kind of define your path as a creative here if you like have some type of niche yeah you know what i'm saying so yeah. i i definitely yeah and then also to kind of piggyback off to what you what you're saying earlier about um it being kind of slow paced the reason why i kind of felt like it was more fast paced in charlotte is because of just the fact that I can make some moves that I normally couldn't make. That made Creative it feel faster. Yeah, yeah, that okay. made it so feel cre- faster. Cre- creatively, yes, I say yeah. city moves at a faster pace. Yeah, definitely, exactly. Sure. No, you, exactly. In general, no, nah. Yeah. yeah, so that's why I agree with what y'all was saying when you say that. But yes, on a creative level, you definitely can move faster for sure. Like, yeah. I've rubbed shoulders with so many people that's actually in the industry compared to in charlotte but the weird thing is there's a lot of people in the industry in charlotte but that network and and community i feel like it's so much smaller Mm -hmm. and again like we were just talking about motion yes like again it's always gonna be people moving in the city but that that those that community is smaller at least out here there's multiple pockets i feel like it's just a little easier you can like i say this all the time everyone damn it every other pie you can go to the bar out here and rub shoulders with somebody who's really like somebody yeah you know what's crazy i feel like uh man we were having a conversation with i don't know we were talking about this but it was it was like yo this is one of the only cities where you could see like a ceo hanging out with a stripper <laughs> hanging out hanging out with i mean yeah like <laughs> somebody that works in like retail hanging out with somebody that's a bartender all right in the same or group. at a coffee shop right you know what i mean it's just, and that's that's the beautiful thing about a place like this like if you're a person who who has ambitions and have some type of a game plan, you should be able to make things work anywhere you go. But I'll say that Portland is a place that allows you to kind of control your own pace, if that makes sense. And I feel like that's what makes it special. Because you go to any other place, you're always going to have to deal with so many other hurdles. And while there's a lot of places becoming more expensive across the board. That's like a whole conversation of its own. But in the grand, in the grand scheme of things, Portland to me is like, I really, I said, I told myself, like, I can't even really see myself leaving and being in another place right now in the current moment, mm-hmm. unless it was somewhere like maybe Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? But like, I just feel like Portland makes sense because it's so kind of like low key that you can like bubble. You know what I'm saying? You could bubble and then you can expand outside of Portland here. So I feel like that's why it's special because it's like you can really be low key, but then still build your your foundation here. Because damn near everything we doing is social media based anyway, and you're really trying to expand globally. So you really only can be you can be stationed in one place. Why not be stationed in a place where you can control the majority of your situation? Because every I mean, when I and I say that you know with with a grain of salt because you know you can you want to be able to control every situation but like i said when i was in charlotte i can safely say that i can only control what what is available to me and there wasn't a lot of access to certain things that i felt like allowed me to grow like i wanted to and 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 there are people that can help you grow but because that community is so small it's not as easy versus being somewhere like here and then i also lived in la where the ratio is different. There's a bunch of people that can help you get somewhere, but of course you got to deal with so many other hurdles yeah. too. So it's just like there's like a balance thing, you know what I'm saying? So 
again, bringing back to Portland and just looking at the grand scheme of things, this place is very low key in the sense of just being able to move. You know what I'm saying? You can kind of just do your shit. I will. I mean, to add on to what you're I don't want to sound drawn out, but no, I, I, bro, I feel you. I, um, to add on to what you're saying, I would say that another thing that makes Portland unique is there's there's like a pocket of Portland for everybody. Um, Portland has a palette for like everything. There's nothing here that's out of place. You can find your people or your interest or your niche somewhere. There are so many. Shannon, I talk about this all the time. There are so many pe- like businesses that will walk by, mm-hmm. and it's extremely niche and mm-hmm. works for Portland. And I'm like, there's no way this business could survive in any Anywhere other else. city, except no. for. But they but they they've been in business for five, for five years, years here ten with years, brick and mortar, thriving. You know what I'm saying? Thriving. But that's because Portland <clears throat> has a wide. They cast a wide net, and you get any and everybody here. Um, but I feel like that also has a lot to do with the brands and the agencies that yeah. exist here. And I've been saying that for a while. Like Portland kind of has a cheat code on that. I just don't feel like they figured out how to get a lot of these people to want to stay long term. So that's, 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 and so everything you're saying is why it brings me back to what I was trying to say. I I couldn't really get it out the best way, but I feel like just based off what you guys are saying, it kind of reiterates what I'm trying to get out. And what I'm trying to get out is like, when it comes to like Portland, what were you just saying? What were you just saying? I just was saying how like, Portland has a place for every like there's no okay, yeah. weird so, niche so that's what considered an right so back to so right. what I'm really trying to say is like because Portland has a, a wide net like what you're saying yeah that's the reason why I like this place because it's opportunity that is almost like the um the unknown you know what I'm saying because it's like unknown opportunity meaning you can do something new. You can bring something new that the world hasn't seen yet, and you can do it in a place where yeah. you can kind of build from the ground up. Portland's a great and, and that exactly, and that's yeah. kind of where me and Ern always been saying like this place has the potential to bring a lot of great vibes, mm-hmm. and I feel like it just takes the, those type of people that have that umph to mm-hmm. do it, and I feel like we might be the ones to do it. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I, I choose to stay in a place like this, where it's like you have all these other cities that are already oversaturated. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what I'm trying to say. A lot of oversaturated, a, low, a lot of oversaturation in a lot of places. At least with this place, you can move strategically and not have to deal with so much saturation. Yeah. It, like I said, bro, to your point, great test city. Um, you can try things out here and then see if there's a, a market a, for it elsewhere. Right. And then try like salt and straw. Because um, then they start, I they start, they start here or they start in the Bay. They start in the Bay or they start here? I don't know. I know they're in the Bay though. I know they're in they LA made their too. Way to I the Bay they and to Cali here. somewhere. In, like I don't know if they have far down in Cali they've gone, but they've definitely, they've definitely made their way to Cali. I didn't right. know they. Okay, I didn't. Right, and if 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 the story I'm telling myself is true, they started here. You know, I view them as the ice cream makers that are willing to test things and try different. Like they have an olive oil ice cream. They have right. like weird like you know stuff that you wouldn't I'm good on most of their shit yeah I ain't gonna lie a lot of their shit it'd be they had a deviled egg egg ice cream one time and I'm like yeah why who asked for that the point is you can test that in some place like Portland and then next thing you know you got locations in LA facts in the bay that is so true though but the one thing that pissed me off about salt and straw and me and my (laughs) ex-girlfriend used to argue about this all the time I'm like yo like why do they not have cookies and cream ice cream? They don't have the basic Bro, stuff. You go in there looking for the basic stuff? It's and Portland. They ain't got it. You know nah, Portland not going to give you I'm Portland. Saying, Portland. Saying, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, look, 
Scratch, every, that scratch shit. everybody's itch. Had the basics and right. then had the extra stuff too. Like, like that's, not what, that's not Portland though. Every, but I feel what Earth's saying though, because every ice cream shop I walk into should have cookies and cream. They should have vanilla. They should have. And they chocolate. have vanilla. They, they have, have chocolate. It's just like, why do y'all not have cookies and cream? Why don't you have strawberry? Like, Since I've moved out here, I've learned to embrace right. the weird shit that just always makes you mad. Like, it's like y'all could have easily, like what you're saying, could have easily gave us those options, but instead you do some whole other shit. That's just Portland. I mean, I rock with the, what is it, the Snicker, Snickerdoodle one? Yeah. Cinnamon Snickerdoodle? That's my. That's have my, have that's you ever my had the olive oil one? I'm scared of that I one. I haven't. I think I sampled it and I was like, yeah, I'm good on it. Did it taste I mean, like olive oil? What's it going to taste like besides ice cream and like olive oil don't really taste like anything? Olive oil does have a taste and it's it not does, like It does, but a, it's not, I don't feel like it has enough to mess up with ice cream. It's an afternote. It's not like, oh, I'm eating cold oil, but it's like, I could tell there's something in there. Yeah, yeah but it's not know, enough to, like, I don't think it's enough, I don't think it'd be enough know? to mess up the flavor of the ice cream, make you like, right. turn away from eating the, eating the rest of it. Like, it's just olive oil ice cream. That's fucking funny, man. So yeah, shouts out to Portland, man. <laughs> I didn't want to go on a crazy tangent on Portland, but you know, this is a good place for people who are creative if you if you ever thinking about coming to somewhere new and just trying something different i think you know if you got a, a game plan you can make it work if you can get past the rain yeah that part too <laughs> if, you can get past the rain. if you can get past the rain and find a group of people to kick it with on the regular you you'll be all right um let's go ahead and move on to the to to the next thing kind of still related to uh graphics i kind of was thinking about this whenever uh we decided to bring you on to the pod yeah. um I wanted to talk about logos because being that you're in the graphics, um, I feel like this is also kind of an interesting topic too because, I mean, shit, bro, there's logos all around us right now, you know, and I feel like that's one of those things that people kind of like take for granted and don't pay attention to. But when you're someone like us, we are the people who literally design these things. I'm very much into design package product uh, development and Mm -hmm. packaging and things of that nature. So like I actually pay attention to those things i like small details so with that being said you being a person who's in the graphic designs and into those type of things uh what are some some logos that kind of uh inspired you creatively and uh that kind of like did you did, did you kind of feel like made an impact on the culture as well because i feel like logos is something that kind of gets overlooked mm-hmm. and i and i feel like honestly if you would ask even an average person who don't even really care for anything about brands there might be a, lo- a favorite logo of theirs like how many people have you, you ever asked somebody like, "Yo, is there a favorite you what?" Because you know that 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 game that used to exist, the logo game, where you yes. have to like guess the logo. Yeah, yeah, You'd be yeah. surprised how many logos we subconsciously know, and we we don't oh, even yeah, we don't yeah. even spend money with these brands necessarily, but we know those fucking the names of those logos. What was that game you talking about online? It was yeah, a no, it was an app to, too. It was an app yeah, like you that had to too. Guess, you had to guess that they put the uh, if even if it had like words in it, they take the words out. Right. It was or vice versa. Like yeah. was, the website was branded orange and white. I think I know what you're talking about. And you could like guess the fifty states in under ten minutes or whatever. But they also had a ton of like logo Other games. Just, uh, yeah, yeah. What is that website? But yeah, that you just unlocked a memory, bro. That was because that I was probably on that website like late high school. That was one of the things we're using in the back of the class. We're really paying attention. <laughs> Kill time shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Kill time um, type shit. Test sure. your own knowledge, and that yeah. that subconsciously might have influenced a lot of my like. But anyway, to answer your point, that's a tough. I mean, one, it's man. a great club. It's a great place for references. To, to, I mean, to even just well, know and, where they and that exercise from. in itself. Yeah, exactly. No, I feel you. That's kind of why I want to kind of like this is such a weird topic to talk about, but that's why I want to talk about it because it's like I said, like the average person, we spend money and consume all these brands, and it's like we have logos. It's like this shit lives rent free in our head, and we don't even be realizing. Logos it, you know what sell I'm saying? products. Like 
people make decisions on their with their money based on the way a logo Facts. looks. Yeah. Exactly. You know um, that that's just such an open ended question, though. I mean, right. I, I there's a ton of favorites. I'm in the sportswear industry, so a lot of the ones that come to mind are in that apparel sportswear space. Nike is just too iconic to not mention. I'm gonna leave it there though because I could go down a whole rabbit hole on how that's like the perfect logo for footwear. Um, Apple Playboy. Um, yeah, Playboy's logo is dope. I think about things that are iconic and okay. It's funny, we, you know the Playboy logo was on every single one of the Playboy bunnies? Like it's like a tan mark low key. Is it Easter egg? Like yeah. on every it's Playboy every there's single, a little on every single Playboy bunny. I didn't bunny. know that. That's tough. Okay. I never noticed that. Yeah. Um I mean you're not gonna notice it, but it's like it's one of those if you know Easter you know eggs. type situations. Yeah, yeah. Like they'll be like on their little panty line. Yeah. They'll be like sometimes like on their shoulder. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. Places. Um on the ankle maybe. If we back up, though, when you think about, like, branding, um, there's logos, there's word marks, there's little lockups, there's icons. There's a lot of different ways to talk about the visual identity behind a brand. I think my favorite logos, for lack of a better term when we're talking about it in this discussion, are icons where you don't need words they're so iconic that they stand by themselves and you also can get a a a sense of the brand and what their values might be from just their logo that's very hard to that's easier said that's why i also wanted to share some um images too as there there was some uh can i send you some uh some images real quick earn to pull up real quick yeah um some logos for me that i always felt like was iconic um and I'm going to start with recent, actually, because uh, there's a record label I fuck with called Ghostly International. This is on Instagram. You send this to me? Um, yeah. Uh, no, I'm going to send it to you through uh, text. All right. So there's a record label that I fuck with called Ghostly International. Um, Shouts out to Ghostly International. Some of you guys who's watching, y'all might know the, the label. Um, but make long story short, their logo uh, is just one of those logos that is so dope and simple. And it's just like you—you you see, and it's like, oh, you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay. how can you not like it? You know what I'm saying? Okay. And I only bring that up because me being a graphic designer, and I know again you being a graphic designer, I feel like certain logos kind of like when you have an appreciated appreciation for it, you kind of keep a mental note, yeah. and it kind of yeah, stays up sure. there. Like, yo, that aesthetically, you kind of yeah. So aesthetically, you end up like you know, you might subconsciously take that in and like add it to your your palette. I you know will what I'm say saying? that, and like, that's been on my mind for a while. That logo. To your point, coming like when when creativity is just starting, like early in my process, I love doing logo rips, um, just as a place to start from because there I mean, are just so just many. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, facts like your your logo is a logo rip, but like yeah. there are so many. That's I mean that's that's low key part of like genius branding and like a lot that's how you a lot of the greatest things that's a lot of our inventions was made off of other people's ideas nothing is brand you know what i'm saying so everything has been done so you're gonna get inspiration from somewhere if you think you've created the most unique thing in the world subconsciously somebody else else, somebody else has already done it or right somebody else has thought about doing it because you don't know what you haven't seen so if you've seen something before basically I mean, it goes back to one of those conversations. I was like, I can't remember. I had a lot of the conversations about this with people, but it's like, I mean, it goes back to reference points. Like, what's your what are your, what are your reference points? What are you what are you able to pull? What are you able to reference to pull from 
to create yep. something that is either similar to that or yep. I don't know, it's something completely new that people have never seen before. Thanks. All right, I'm I'm sending you another one that I really uh and this we all know this one, Element Skateboards. That one has always been a really fucking you dope send it logo. IG or through text message. I'm sending through text. I ain't get none of these. It's because I haven't sent it yet. It's oh. sending right now. I was like, I've not gotten a single one of these yet. Um, okay. For me, like, I mean, you could just honestly just tell me the logo and I could look it up. Well, yeah, Element <laughs> Element Skateboards, Ghostly International, like those are two logos that like always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ghostly International's most recent Element Skateboards though. That logo has always been just dope to me. I don't know why. It just it's something about it aesthetically. You know what I'm saying? And believe it or not, I could never. It looks easy to draw, but like it's not easy to make them sh- draw that shit and make it look even. Mm-hmm. You would think it is. It's not. Um, but yeah, I, I fuck with the Element Skateboards logo. Um, damn man, but it's kind of a, a rabbit hole because there's so many logos. But I just really wanted to like see what what logos you know inspired. I mean, some of the shit that you because I, I saw I saw you your shit on the stories you was posting oh, yeah. I, and 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 we were, we were just talking about it like they're like renditions of like other shit that you've seen before it yeah. looks familiar they're all you know what I'm saying for Inktober I wanted to do like a bunch of logo rips honestly so I wanted to uh, recontextualize a lot of logos with music or things that are familiar to me or mm-hmm. what I'm consuming Ooh, at the time that's so so deaf logo. That's a that's a great logo. The so so death logo, logo is 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 super Record iconic. That's a great logo. Um, now we're now we're getting somewhere. The Dev Jam like Dev Jam logo. You yeah. took the words out my mouth, Tab. Because like a lot of logos that come from music are mm-hmm. very very good, and we always think about show the people, show the people, bro. Or... Show the people, man. The so so death logo. So where they don't just think we just talking about stupid shit. You can't tell me that shit ain't fire, man. That, that logo's but there's horrible. that one. Um... We can't talk about Bad Boy right now, but they got a cool logo. Yeah, we can't, but um, yeah. Shout out, shout out to ASAP Ferg uh, and his pops. Yeah, apparently ASAP Ferg is supposed to be the baby in the Bad Boy logo. What? Allegedly. Nah, what is it? Nuss pops? I don't know about that. that. that reference. Allegedly. No he way. said he mentioned it in an interview. They he said, said he was, Ferg the, he was the, the reference for like he was the reference for the baby in the Bad Boy logo. I mean his dad his did. dad his dad created so, the logo. Yeah. Really? Yeah, his yeah. dad created the logo. I had no idea. Yeah. Okay, that's tough. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's that one. So Ferg was a bad kid then, huh? <laughs> yeah. So I like it. Uh, Rambunctious. The Def, show the Def Jam. The Def Jam uh, icon. Or logo, I said. Def Jam icon. Oh, you smart the one with the uh, record needle? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's work. <clears throat> Simple shit. But it, it still gets the job done. Yep. I mean, yeah, man. These are just... It's crazy. And, like, some of these, you know, they stand against the test of time. You know what I mean? Like, ain't nothing like a, a good logo that you can put on a t-shirt. And just rock that shit. You know what I'm saying? That's the other thing. I think another part of what makes the logo so successful is how transferable yeah, it is. Yeah, can you use it in multiple places, move right. multiple ways? Does it transfer to print well? Does it transfer to media mm-hmm. well? Does it transfer to embroidery well? Does it transfer to anything that you want to do? Um, I think that takes a skill of uh, creator and, and designer. Yeah. I mean, because, and I only say that because... A lot of people come to me who are uh, getting into creating brands and they always are asking for tips and advice on like how the how, what what they should do as far as a logo and um, things like that. And I always tell them, like, first off, you want to make something that before you even get to like the logo itself, I try to think about how you want it to grab you before you even think about the image. 
And I only way the only way I can visualize that is I have to step back and put myself in the shoes of a consumer, which is normally how I do. So I put myself back in the shoes of a consumer and I start to think about what I like as a consumer and what I would want to buy. And a lot of times that helps me understand, like, okay. because in the grand scheme of things, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix, don't fix it. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people, we already know what works. You know what I'm saying? We know what type of shit uh, appeals to certain people when it comes to logos and graphics. We know certain colors that work. We know just we just know psychologically certain things work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I always try to tell people with logos and shit, it's not necessarily even about the image. It's about sometimes it's just about the aesthetic. Like, like if that makes sense, like, it, cause like, for example, you could have a brand that's a word. You might not even need of image. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's all about yeah, just the name with a certain typeface and color. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to really think on a, you have to think a little different than just what a graphic looks like. You really got to like, really just have a certain type of brain to really step back and think about it from a certain level. If you want a real logo that transcends to where it's going to be something that you can basically make into a company and then make merchandise and it has nothing to do with your actual brand. Because mm-hmm. nowadays, if you notice, there's certain brands that's getting off making merchandise and they don't have to make merchandise. But they doing it because they can and the logo looks cool and the shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. why not? Somebody's going to buy it. That's a great this logo. Is one of, this is one. This is, oh, a logo. Yeah. this is a logo that it's I used to always logo. rock that with. That kind of reminds me of the Zenith, too. Zenith always had a dope the logo. PV, uh, PV yeah. Electronics logo? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the there was uh there, yeah there, we used to always have these in my schools like there was the, oh, these were always the speakers in the subs when in the schools. amps right amps they used to make yeah. a bunch of a bunch of oh, audio yeah. equipment yeah yeah but this was this was a logo that I used to always rock with it just yeah. reminded me of some like I don't know 1980s that that's crazy because now shit. you reminded me of the Zenith logo I was in the TV yeah <laughs> but to Ern's point though bro we have to keep logos expressive like. That is a quintessential example of if you were to rebrand PV in 2020, that logo would look nothing like which one? Which Zenith joint? This joint. Yeah, that that's that the one. That's our joint. That's our era. Right. Like you know, there was a couple. There was a graphic that was floating around probably a year or two ago when a lot of the fashion houses were going to a sans serif font and taking a lot of the expressionism away from the heritage that they came from in fashion. Let me pull up the graphic that I'm talking about so y'all can just see what I'm talking about. All right. Um, if you want to send it to me, I can pull it up on the screen. Yeah, I'm sending it to you. How do you feel about, while we're, you know, while you're searching, since we're on this subject, how y'all feel about the X? Rebranding of X. I, it's probably the worst like, thing oh, ever. It's my Twitter. Yeah. You see, every time somebody says X, I'm like, what are you right? talking about? It's stupid, it's right? Still, no it's still, it's it takes away for me to register that they're talking about Twitter. I think Elon Musk was definitely on something for that. That was the dumbest shit ever. I mean, it was just nothing wrong with the the, the bird. Yeah, nothing. Like, it was just some Elon Musk <laughs> shit to do. I'm going to do this because I got money and, and I can't. And the bird was hard, to be honest. Yeah, it worked. Oh, like, man. It, it, the thing is, it sounds so weird because, like, X is not even marketable. Like, how the fuck do you, like, right. how, oh, I'm about to go X something. What? It's I'm about to go tweet. Is. Like, tweet was genius, actually, because it's damn near a new word. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, tweet. It was a new verb. You know yeah. what I mean? It was a verb. Yeah, it so became a verb. Yeah, like. Tweeting. You can't X something. Well, I can X a motherfucker out. But, like, <laughs> it don't hit the same as, like, I'm, I'm about to go tweet. Or I'm about to tweet. Let's hop on Twitter with it real quick. Actually, here's even a better version of what I'm talking about. Um, oh, yeah. In general. And um, 
how everything is moving towards a simplified sans yep. serif. Like we we're we're in such a crowded space when it But that's been to, like this for a minute though. If right. you've been paying attention. It's because we're in this web 2 era that is so like it's the minimalistic type shit. It's minimalistic. Yeah. It's it's applicable to the internet and this is what's palatable on the internet, but it's it's like you lose all your expressionism. You lose a lot of the that PV logo was a was a great example. Like you can tell that came from music because yeah. it's so it looks hand drawn too. And rock, right? Yeah. The Zenith logo is another great example because you can tell that came from electronics. Like right. it looks that way inherently in the logo. There's some visual cues that are there that let you know okay, this is what this brand is about. Everything being sans serif and small and quaint and clean is cool and transition it has well a place across. it has I'm a place definitely gonna say it has a place you know you can you can start an instagram page a twitter page or x page whatever a tiktok or whatever and have these nice clean logo in all these different spots and it looks like a cohesive brand very quickly but you lose the express like you lose a lot of that value that comes from the logo being expressive this brings me back <clears throat> this is why I like these type of conversations because when it comes when it comes to uh art there's no right or wrong way and it's so fucking just it's like you can't put this shit into words there's it's like one thing may be this and the next thing may be that one day it's this next day it's that it's just art it's very like you can mold it into something damn near make it into anything and that was the original Spotify logo that's what I'm saying what Let me see. We ain't even know. That shit whack. With the signal, y'all like the signal on it? Maybe that was the concept. Oh, that's a little elevated, out centered. Maybe that was just the concept. I kind of like it. I like that one. It has more personality but, um, to it. It looks more. Youthful. The old Airbnb logo just looks like rubble letters. It looks more youthful. Google is Google. I feel like they kind of up, updated that. Cause nah, never mind. I mean, this one's this Google logo is a little cleaner. Cause it's sans serif. Yeah, yeah. But what I was gonna say was with 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 uh, this Microsoft is undefeated. With though. things going That's minimal, I feel like now it's just time to kind of like evolve from that and and uh, what's the word? I don't want to say. I guess evolve, you know, and create something new. Cause I've been, cause me personally, I'm actually before I even get into this, how do you feel about the minimalistic shit? Do you like you? Are you ready for a change? Are you saying you're getting tired of it, or are you saying like yeah, you just? Over it. I'm over it. Cause like. I actually kind of like it, but I do think it can get overplayed because people don't know how to do it right. I think people people always do shit because it just looks aesthetically cool, mm-hmm. not having a certain approach to it. I so, mean, the minimalistic shit might be over at this fucking mid two thousands fashion shit comes back. It into depends play. on how you approach it. Remember that for shit real, I was showing real. you at the Thanksgiving dinner where we was talking about the like it was like the juxtaposition of AI photos where it was like the dude in the clean fucking suits, but he was around garbage. Oh yeah yeah yeah. To me. I kind of feel like, in a way, creatively, that's kind of where I want to approach with the way things are creatively. Like, a lot of shit is in that minimal type vibe. Mm-hmm. Very clean, minimal, clean cut, not a lot going on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I want to kind of, like, now bring back, like, grime and kind of mix it with that, like, minimalism. Which I kind of feel like certain brands already kind of do. Do you have an example of a brand that's doing that well? I'm trying to put a visual to... Honestly, to be real with you... I don't even fuck with this brand, but Balenciaga. 
they do it quite often. What from you said the minimalistic standpoint? They 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 tend to do like certain things that they do is minimalistic, but it's but also they, maximalistic. The same exactly, time. you know what I'm saying? Like and they'll and yeah, they'll fucking yeah. they'll match that shit together. Yeah. And it, and and I do appreciate that aesthetic. You know what I'm saying? I get it. If you get it, I, if you get it, then you understand it. Yeah. And so like I and, and that's a great example. Exactly. So it's like they're very minimalistic. But even uh, even uh my fucking um well I wasn't gonna say Rick Owens. He's more of a very minimalistic. But I still feel like to an extent even sometimes his shit can be a little. <laughs> Prime shit. example is the ludicrous commercial. No, nah, that shit was just. He looked so weird in that <laughs> shit. Oh, he looked crazy. He yeah. had the tone of Rick in that commercial. Yeah, that, was crazy. that commercial makes yes. me so angry when yeah. I see it, bro. I was like, nah, Luda, you got like, to like, it. So is a I was looking at it and I was like, why do, why do I feel like I've seen his outfit before? <laughs> but, I can't I can't really use Rick Owens that much, actually, now that I think about it, because mar- marketing, because marketing-wise, he's, he's always been minimalistic. But I can safely say... Because fashion, design-wise, the shit can get wild. But marketing-wise, it's not. When it comes to Balenciaga, they literally market their shit in that way, the way we're explaining it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I can't I can't use uh, Rick Owens as an example. But Balenciaga, for sure. They definitely are a prime example of people who, they, they, they their approach is very minimalistic, kind of. But at the same time, at the same, it's wild. It's like, I can't explain it, man. It's like, it's definitely a juxtaposition with the shit. And a lot of this, and they be mocking, a lot of the times they do mock a lot of shit. Yeah, they do purposely yeah. mock a lot of shit too. Yeah. So they um that they have some. I'm, I'm gonna make two quick points. Balenci is a great example because if you look at their garments, I feel like they play in a different space than their footwear. Their footwear is more expressive and maximalist and over engineered. Um, God, I hate those triple S's. That's a I don't like example. none of that shit. A lot of their like running heavy or running inspired recent footwear is like really overdone, over engineered. Um, but then you look at their clothing and it's like just loose fitting with a tiny logo in the middle. And so much. Like, it seems to be a lot of their identity. They, like they do have things that obviously fall outside of that, uh, you know, that scope. But that's a great example. Another to me, like if you wanna if you wanna distill that exact point, but just to like a graphic visual identity, I think that Brain Dead as a company does that well. I think that they represent themselves minimal but maximal at the same time. They There's a lot of brands that's doing it, bro. And fucking Andrew. I'm not, I'm Explain. Not, for okay, so and, a minimal and maximum and maximals. Yeah, okay, go yeah, ahead. because because yeah, and, Andrews, they got some, they got some prints that are like their OG over. logo is literally Andrew lowercase, yeah. Yeah. and it lowercase it's fucking simple as fuck, but you well, get it and it works. But it's like all oh, like okay, a, my bad, it's not what it is kind of like a I guess it's a, it's just saying Sarah font, yeah. just a little. So like it just says Andrew with the period, right? I don't even think it has a period. It doesn't have a period. I got awesome they have, they have, one, vari- they have one variation of the logo where it's all lowercase as a period. Okay. See, that's what I was, exactly. That's the one I'm thinking of. As a lowercase. In general, it's just Andrew with the capitalized A and everything else lowercase. But by by default, it's skateboarding. So by default, even without marketing and showing any like juxtaposition imagery, it's skateboarding. It's street skating. It's the streets. You know what I'm saying? But their brand itself, their logo just says Andrew. But then they have designs and graphics that, you know, 
are all that go all over the place. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah. But again, I still use Balenciaga as the best example because yeah, so marketing their, wise, they tend to use their ads in that way. This is their logo. Yeah. Okay. I um, to your point though, Tevin, I think skateboarding is another. I'm gonna say underrated because I feel like people in this industry understand the importance of skateboarding. But people have been trying to exploit the shit, but that happens a lot um yeah. but in terms of like graphics and a, and a nice place to start in terms of like a breadth of graphic culture skateboarding is skateboarding's there and music is also underrepresented i mean i've always kind of liked skateboarding for the um for their graphic tees yeah. from a fashion standpoint because they've always never really been to your point into our conversation that we're having now really all that maximal it's been like yeah a word with like a small little image or something like that mm-hmm. or maybe just like a chess piece with a logo on the back or small or a nice clean logo in the center of the chest supreme was really the brand that made it like super or clean graphic in the center <laughs> of the chest super expressive with all these all over prints and i mean jacquard I, I do like the example you pulled up showing the, the evolution of the brands though going to that into the into the minimal thing um it's gonna be a it just takes that next that next thing you know what i'm saying that next person with the vision to push the envelope and and bring something new um but I can safely say honestly, I, I actually kind of have enjoyed the minimal run. I've it's I started to use it in a lot of my stuff. I see it and I enjoy it. Like if you know how to do it, it works every time, in my opinion. So I think it's always gonna be a place for it. I think the problem is just so much saturation, you just you gotta pick through the bullshit and like you know, people always wanna be something and look like something, but they don't even understand like why they're doing it. You know what I'm saying? Bro? I'm gonna go down this rabbit hole with you, bro. Because I think I saw a complex article the other day that might prove exactly what you're talking about. I'm going to look up best or top brand, streetwear brands, whatever you want to call it, of 2023. And my argument is, okay, maybe Heist and Body does this. But regardless of who's public, you know, putting out this publication, if you look at what brands people are consuming right now, they're moving away from that super minimalist. <clears throat> like, I feel like a top five brand of last year is like Cactus Plant Flea Market or this year. That's a very expressive brand, opposite of minimal. Like, a lot of. I mean, you got, the, you got mischief. Very and, 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 and yeah, yeah. And like, that's, a, that's, a, that's a whole. There was a word for that too. I forgot. There was somebody talking about it. Mischief is kind of like I don't fuck with the brand, but I like the concept. They're on not some like tongue in cheek shit almost. But they're, I, they're but a social t- experiment I like brand. The, I almost. like the, and I like that about it's, them. It's not really about the matter. Of, it's like on some like matter of fact shit. As a matter of fact, I will because you said and when it you can't when you started the pot off and you asked me like what do you, what do you see yourself in ten, like I I would love to take Mischief's blueprint and operate in that space. I would love because to me they portray themselves as a brand that. We have an idea, we execute it, we do it, we put it out, the people like it, they buy it, we move on to the next project. That's like that, there yeah. is no with this art we just create, man. They just create freely. That's that's what I was about that's what it's and about. And yeah. people consume it and that's what pays their bills and keeps their lights on. That's what it seems like. Yeah, it's also know, matter of fact me, shit. Right. Well, yeah, I, we're just about to just do this shit because as a matter of fact, we nobody can. else is doing yeah. it and because we can. I appreciate breaking away from the the formalities that have defined an industry in the past like like jerry lorenzo doesn't design on a calendar he doesn't design on fall winter spring summer whatever he just designs whenever he feels inspired and it comes out when it comes out and i and i appreciate that about 
like we were saying earlier, not being able, not being forced to be in a box. Like, oh, you want to be a designer? This is what a designer looks like. You design these number of collections a year, and they come out at these dates, and you debut them at these weeks. Like, it doesn't have to be that. And I, when we talk about brands that fit this minimalist identity where everything is super tight and super wet, like, I feel like they play more in that space than the cactus plants or the mischiefs or the these other brands that are breaking that mold. And that's why I feel like we're on the end of that whole, like, minimalist era. Like, I still have an appreciation for it. I came right. from architecture. So, like, obviously, I really like clean lines. Like, I get mm-hmm. that. But it's, there's less, you, that stuff is always going to sell. Like, there's always going to be a market for it. But th- there's less, there's there's more room for expression now. Right. I mean, this shit is, man, this, shit, this is how the world works. It's all part of a cycle. It's it's it's, like it's inevitable. Said, in my opinion, it makes sense though, just based on the current, I guess, cyclical trend of fashion that we're in. Like the whole like Y two K era is kind of on its way out, and we're entering the like mid two thousands ish, where people were wearing a bunch of like gaudy, all over print stuff. Talking about like, Ed Hardy coming back, and like yeah, that's stuff, just not coming back. It, no, it's back. It's definitely it's back coming back. <laughs> I don't know about that one. It's back. One of my homeboys had on the Ed Hardy tee the other day. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know about talk that to, one. Ch- Hardy, Robin Jeans. I mean, talk to the the Gen Z, the Gen X, the whatever the youth. They bringing all that stuff back. Yep, it's coming back. Some of this shit got to stay back where it's at. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of like the resurgence of it already. I'm not. I'm not mad at it. Nah, bring back fucking uh, Red Monkeys and bring fucking... back Kid Robot. Yes, but Kid Robot doesn't make good shit anymore. That's the thing. Good, Kid, I was just yeah, I was just on their web. They don't make yeah, good like, toys. Their toys are whack now. They must. Be. All they do is put out plushies and stuff. They stupid ass be. like little mini like they don't do anything cool no more, dude. Like the, like the the whole artist collab shit that used to be a really big deal. Like when they had the snorking uh, snorking labbits and all that shit. They don't got like it's not hitting like it used to be, man. It's just not like. I damn near want to say rest in peace to Kid Robot because it really ain't. I thought they even were. the merch ain't even the, the clothes. Still. The clothes ain't even. They don't even have any dope clothes or anything no more. Like they had to have been acquired and then got the rights to rebrand it. Like it can't be the same Kid Robot we go. I don't on. think it is. It can't be. It can't be, bro. It's like they don't even have flagship stores like that anymore. That's what I'm saying. They used to have flagship stores, bro. I ain't seen anybody wear a Kid Robot anything past like high school. High school. I mean, and only people that you had to be one of them types to even like even nobody. Know. Was. Yeah, no one knew, no no one knew who Kid Robot was like that. But I would say Darius was the only one I knew that had a Kid Robot T-shirt. Darius, Darsk. Yeah, y'all funny. Yeah. Big nose, Darius. Yeah, Darius. that's crazy. Nah, yeah, but he could. Yeah, uh, shout out to Darius. Dark he already, you know? Big nose. Yeah. He went to East Mech before he transferred to our school. Hey, he was funny as hell. But East uh, Mech and Butler was gonna be my homeschool if I didn't go to private school. For real. Shout out to all the Butler homies from back in the day. We low key can go down a rabbit hole with this with this logo shit. So I, I guess we'll go ahead and move on because honestly, we I feel like we could talk this graphic shit all day. Um, but moving on to the next topic, man. This one is a uh, kind of an interesting one because there's been a lot of talks um, from different people, kind of just uh, speaking on how they feel about ownership of physical copies on different things in media, like. Uh, how we basically indulge in most of our entertainment through like services, like streaming services. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us grew up on physical copies like VHS tapes, CDs, DVDs, and this and that. Um, so it's been kind of like a thing where people are kind of like talking about bringing the shit back. 
a lot of people are kind of you know wishing they didn't give up a lot of their dvd players and mm -hmm. things of that nature mm -hmm. there was this guy on instagram talking about it actually i sent it to i sent it to earn so if you want to show him real quick and we'll touch base on it but i thought it was really interesting because i've always been somebody who's always like i'm a collector so Same. inevitably i'm gonna hold on to shit i'm I, I guess i'm one of them hoarders but like i never liked the cloud so it never made sense to me to give up a lot of my shit i mean i gave up some but when it came to dvds and cds i'm never giving that away yeah you know what i'm saying i just can't even if i don't got a dvd player i'm not giving it away well i'm about to roll this clip real quick so I keep hearing this from people, not only online, but friends and family. And a lot of people have really regretted getting rid of all their physical media, whether it be DVDs or Blu-rays, because of the streaming services. I saw one post online that said, apparently, you know, the future is we have to Google for 15 minutes to find out which streaming service we can watch your movie on. It's kind of a crazy thing, because if you invest in physical media, Guillermo del Toro and Christopher Nolan both mm -hmm. talked about it this week. It's ownership. It's the best quality. It preserves the media and it makes sure that you have unlimited access to your favorite movies. So I really do think we're going to start to see a shift just like we've seen in music with vinyl records coming back. CD sales are actually up. Cassette tapes are back. People are started to invest in music, physical media again, even with all the streaming options because they just wanted the best quality and they wanted ownership. You're going to start to see that with movies. And if you're a movie fan and you haven't bought any DVDs or Blu-rays yet, I encourage you to take a look at what's out there. There are so many great labels doing amazing work. So many great quality transfers of new movies like you've never seen before. And this is a really, really cool time to jump into physical media. Plus, you get to support the movies at a higher level. And you never have to go Googling all those streaming services to figure out which way you can actually actually watch your movie and before we uh, uh and i also want to reiterate i mean no not reiterate but uh piggyback off that too it's like the reality of it is you're gonna have to literally damn near buy all those streaming services in order to make sure you get all the scope of what you it's want wild. because it's so because everything's a conglomerate now everything's monopolized so it's like if you want to watch something by disney you got to go through a disney service if you want to watch a certain movie like HBO owns certain movies, you know what I'm saying? Like Netflix owns this, you know, all these services own different things. So you inevitably won't be able to watch certain movies because they're going to be owned by certain services. Mm -hmm. So, but you ain't gonna have to worry about that if you have the physical copy. Bingo. I mean, I mean, you already know what my answer is. I'm, I'm like you. I'm a collector. I, um, it's physical all day for me. I, I got that case over there. Must start start collecting DVDs and. And and shit, discs. There, this is a this is like a two or three prong answer. So why physical media is king to me? One is because, like the video suggested, I like to consume it in the way that it was intended to me. And mm -hmm. the things, the way technology progresses, the only way to do that is to have the physical media. We were talking about games before we started the pod, right? I want to play a game that came out in the 90s in its true 64-bit. Like, I don't want to play it upscaled on some console where it's been emulated and now projected to me in 4K or 1080p or whatnot. Like, I want to consume it as it was intended in 2000 when it came out. 
And the only way to do that, honestly, is to have the original hardware and the original, um, you know, media itself. So how, you know, you experience it, I feel like it's part of wanting that physical media. Um, like, you know, there are opportunities, there are examples where I do appreciate the, the retroing of media or the upscaling of media to consume it in a, a refreshed or a, you know, updated manner. But like nine times out of 10, I'm gonna want that. I'm gonna want that original thing. And then the other part of it for me is value and being able to pass that on to someone else. There's no value in downloaded media. Like I can't, I couldn't see myself paying seventy dollars. That's what games cost now. I think seventy beans, right? Yeah, I couldn't just imagine for, just for just for a, a download, a code essentially. Right, and then put it into your console. That lives on my console, and then I have no tangible asset to show for my seventy dollar purchase. I just can't live with that. I like that. At, like I don't care if the game is worth two dollars at GameStop after I've well, played well, you it know for what? a year, but what, like just the fact that I have the disc and I even you're talking about artworks and logos, like I like to consume the artwork. I like to open up the look binder at the credits. Oh my god! Like I like mm-hmm. to look at the, the credits. The, look at the see if there's a poster. Right. In there or it's an experience. There's an experience Dude. there to the physical product, and right. I feel like that's always going to be king for me. I don't yes. care how much space it takes up in my apartment or my house or my I feel whatever. That. Like that's part of the reason why I feel I like a lot of feel that. Dude. I don't know. Being a consumer in 2023 sometimes sucks. It does. It's like damn, like. How you interact where's with the product ex- Where's matters. the experience that comes along with actually purchasing? Waiting in a line for an album and then talking like, to the people in line like, kids yo, nowadays, you wait don't do, Kids nowadays don't even get to experience a midnight release for a video game anymore. Like, the midnight release for Call of Duty, midnight release for 2K, midnight release for Halo. Like, There's a lot of experiences stripped from a, a lot of things. There's a whole culture that comes with being into this stuff, to being into, like, I guess, right. being a consumer. Right. That, and then on top of that too, we're in a very unusual time where this generation of kids is just missing out on. We're in an unusual time where, for some reason, a lot of the things that we never thought would have value is damn near everything has value now. So like what you was just saying, how like that video game that might be worth two dollars, bro. Who's to say in the next five years that shit gonna go back up to twenty to thirty dollars? And I'm starting to really realize that like shit is really like VHS tapes, man. I, bro, like my mom. We used to go yard selling all the time. My mom bought a set of VHS tapes from somebody one time. It was all original horror VHS tapes. Yeah. But long story short, this these VHS tapes was going for like eighty five to a hundred a pop. We even, oh, yeah. even without the fucking box. Yeah, I believe it. VHS tapes, tapes were there. because they like were original, saying, like uh, the original was, Nightmare on Elm Street, original mm-hmm. Halloween, like the originals. Like people want to consume that stuff with the grain, yeah. with the stuff you know what that's I'm saying? on the like that media itself delivers you an experience that you can't get from streaming. Can't get. So it's like certain things. It's like when you think about it from that standpoint, like it's something as simple as a fucking VHS tape. It just makes you want to reconsider a lot of the things that we get rid of all for the sake of saving space. Yeah. Because yep. at the end of the day, shit is holding value. A lot of stuff yeah, is... Cause like, I, feel, I feel like I might... Not to cut you off, but I feel like I might have mentioned this. My uncle that lives in Texas got a mean Playboy collection. Like, literally every single Playboy from, like, the 60s up through, like, the early 2000s. Damn. No, that's cash. I just want him to give me that shit when he passed. Like, I'm like, bro, like out of all your shit you got, respectfully, I want, respectfully, I want that collection. Like, no, nah, but like, not even though some like that's the shit, point. This is like, yo, like, like if we, I walked into his house and I saw that joint, and I was like, yo, like, 
right? Fuck the fact that this is a Playboy collection. Like, also, this dude just got a I know we're going collection. on Carl going jumping, but like, another thing too, motherfucker, we won't have no fucking clout if you don't have the physical. Because in order to get shit yeah. to a clout, yeah, you had to have a physical. So if we get rid of everything physical and you lose the clout, then what? Right. Like, I, to y'all's point, like that's, it's gonna that's be like part of my existence. Like, <laughs> you talking about you want your uncle's Playboy collect. Like, the things that we are into right now, I want there, like, once I'm not here on this earth anymore, there to be a physical representation of what was Justin like. And physical media is that. Like, you can walk into my room and be like, oh, he was into these things. If I'm a minimalist and everything's downloaded, there's no footprint. There's no expression. There's no expre- There's no footprint of what I was. Right. Nope. Unless you have my it's hard all drive. It's on a computer chip. And you don't have my hard yeah. drive because you don't have my password. Right. So, like, nah. you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> phys- physical media is always going to be king for me from a value standpoint, from a how you experience standpoint, from a being able to, to have something tangible you can pass on to other people. Like, even back in the day when people were done with a mixtape or done with a CD, they would burn it, hand it to yeah, their home. Right. Like, we can't do that. Like, what? I want to send you a link. And then what, that, what happened when that link expired? Like, you have nothing to... It's a different way of consumption, and I'm... I know I probably sound like a, you know, whatever, but... Uh, no, nah, but it's it's, 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 it's it's the harsh reality of where we at right now, because... And this is another interesting thing, I mean, man. I, see, I feel like I see both sides of it, though. Like, it's nice to have, like, to be able to just tap in or whatever the hell you have physically, digitally, whenever you want the, abil- want the ability to do so. But at the same time, like, I don't know. I feel like... From a creation from a, standpoint, yeah. like when you were saying, I don't fuck with the cloud, I'm not going to go that far because from a creation standpoint, that's amazing. That saves a lot of time. I could I mean, imagine I mean, I say that with a grain of salt. walking around with like, think about when they used to like record movies on reels. Like <laughs> I couldn't imagine walking around with all that footage just to True. put out a, you know what I'm saying? We were just talking about but crates like, and DJing. So yeah, I can appreciate it from a like, I just want to be able to organize things to be non-physical and use them the way that i intend them to be um when i need them to perform that way but the things that i want to still remain physical i'm rocking with physical yeah, every yeah. time definitely definitely but yeah like i said i see both sides of it, of it, of it especially as a from a dj standpoint like i mean it's nice to have an ill record collection but at the same time like from a realistic standpoint, when it comes to like gigging and stuff like around. that, ain't nobody lugging around right. milk crates. <laughs> realistically, don't even have room anymore. for that. Like, right. Realistically, for real, mm-hmm. to you move around. I least. couldn't imagine y'all pulling up to DJ and y'all got ten crates in the back. Y'all got to unload from the right. car just so y'all can spin. Like that's not happening, bro. Right. <laughs> but honestly, like that's 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 the world my dad came from. Like my dad was a DJ right. growing up. Um, he had a business called Sights and Towns. He would do DJ and photography. Um. You know, just for, for people, friends and family, mm-hmm. anybody who needs some services. And he still got crates of LPs, you know, big. You know what had me thinking, man, since we're on this conversation? I wonder if there's something in the world that exists where there is a large library, physical library, that holds at least one copy of every, everything that existed. No, no, no. Just DVDs, like movies. Oh, like a media library, basically. Yeah, is there any real probably. life media libraries in the world that exist? That has one. to be like, like an archive type library somewhere or something like that. It just Somebody makes me think because, like, somewhere. if there's libraries for books, 
where do we have like like another random tangent apparently oreos has a fucking ch- uh chamber or something where like uh i forgot where it's at oreos the company they have yeah. like a bunker with oreos in it i did see this you know what i'm saying and they put it they buried it somewhere so the future can know what yeah um, so it's like, like so it's like what yeah. so what do we do to preserve media so it's like a recipe for oreos no nah, it's like act whoa no, no it's actual recipe, oreos, it's, it's oreos. I think it's just Oreos. So they don't expire then. They're I don't like know what it, I don't know exactly. They're like vacuum sealed or something. But it, it, the point was so that the footprint of Oreos is well, felt, felt a thousand, thousand years, years in the future. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I'm saying I'm say that. And filled it with Oreo. Type. Yeah. How do we preserve that type of shit? Because I don't want to hear, hear anybody say we preserve it by a cloud. That's bullshit. Yes, that's backing it up. That's a form of backing it up. But yeah. physical, you know what I'm saying? I feel like as long as the as long as the world doesn't turn into a ball of flames, we should be able to preserve. And don't get me wrong, this is a very like extreme because we would never be able to recover every single piece of film. But I feel like we should be able to because at one point it was filmed with something and made into a physical piece. But I feel like there has to be some type of library that exists in the world where it has like an archive of every fucking VHS tape or DVD that has been produced in America or some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Around the world. Like it has to be. Definitely got, some of this probably like a, me, a museum of media or something like that. It has to be. And they purchase a copy of I should of Google every... this shit. This is a Google word thing. About, I could be talking about my ass right now. but like, This is you know, the this yeah. type of shit you YouTube. I feel like there's gotta be... I feel like it would make sense for there to be some type of media museum that yeah. has backlogged every type of... Counterpoint is i have heard so many horror stories about media that existed mm-hmm. but the creator had like one or two copies and then something happened to said creator and now it doesn't exist anymore the what now every yeah. once in a while i'm just talking about like the existing or not existing of physical media and how without like i you know i i appreciate the benefit of the cloud so that we have a digital backup of things like that yeah because unless you share it with somebody right and there are so many times to- like Every once in a while, I'll be watching some documentary. Okay, we do got they got Academy Film Archive, but okay, it's that's, something. But that's just films, though. It's something. It's still it's still there. I mean, they got True. the original film, so they can take that film and yeah, True. do what they need to now, do. Now, what is this like for CDs and things like that? That's what I'm like because there's multiple forms of media. Y'all ever seen a Game Over on Netflix? No. I think I know what you're talking about. It's just the history of video games. It's like a little okay, no, whatever. Different, different, that sounds different. familiar. Actually, I might have seen that. It it was popping on Netflix probably a year or so ago. But um, point being, they're going along the history of whatever game that they're trying to explain. And they're explaining like the origin of this one game that became super popular. And they bring on this one guest who had like a cult classic game on PC, like right when PCs became a thing. And it's what spawned. Like talking about. Yeah, I feel like I've this seen this other before. thing. The point I'm trying to make is he ended up losing his original copy of that game, as well as like maybe the computer that it came from. So, like this game just done, there's a whole collective conscious of people out there that have memories around this game and loving this game. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to get. And, but that game doesn't exist yeah. anymore because yeah. there was only two, two or three physical copies. One of them got lost in a house fire. One of them got lost in a move. And then the other one just like, you know what I'm saying? Just like, over. Yeah, it's just like so some low-key games that only certain people had. So it's like. Right. And it, it like there are so many examples of stories like this with, with gaming. With Dang, film, yeah, I mean, if with... you're not one of those people that actually holds on to your game collection. And this is the reason why people like us are special. And I'm so passionate. You just, because if you don't have... And this is another reason why I always um, appreciate people who <laughs> enjoy history, man. 
because once you stop caring about history you literally don't hold on to anything no more you have to have people like us who nerd out about shit like this because yeah. that's what keeps the shit alive literally yeah. if you didn't have it bro we would literally be cloud everything and we wouldn't have antique store like you think about it now antique stores are kind of very they, like they're running out right now because if you think about it the only when you ever since you ever since you've been on this fucking earth bro which is from from the time you was born up until now when you saw an antique store who ran an antique store old woman it's old people, old people in general. you've never seen an antique store ran by anybody young mm -hmm. or our age mm -hmm. so that says a lot about where we are in the times because if antique stores are becoming like less relevant and you only see old people that means that there's not a lot of people our age that care about old shit yeah no i mean the people that honestly it's so weird because like a lot of people that i feel like are into like the vintage stuff and have these vintage stores Sometimes don't even actually appreciate this they shit. Don't. They don't. They just see it as a dollar. They see it as a quick the dollar signs. Yeah, and we see that. We see, we know that. Yeah, yeah. So but, it is. Hey, it, that's one of my. Nah, I ain't gonna that's the irony. Actually, you, that's funny. That's funny. That's funny. You bring that up because that's actually the irony. There are people who own stores, but they're boutiques and they're ran like boutiques and they're not treated like hole in the wall thrift stores where you can go in and buy a gym for a dollar. Mm -hmm. You want to try to hit me over the head for something right. that you don't even really fully understand Damn, the origins of, but you, you know, know because it's kind of has some hype to it. Or I can no, charge you know because you saw for you saw that same T-shirt on eBay for three hundred bucks. I will never buy. This is my hot take. This is my one hot take for the podcast. I'm gonna cool out. All right. I will never buy a vintage rap tee from a white dude. Ever. Okay. Well, what happened? You had a bad experience? I just won't do it because uh, to the point you're talking some about. Some of these white dudes be having some joints, though. They do, but <laughs> they, they have some from the culture like us. Like, I want the tea because it resonated with me okay. as a youth, and I my uncle had the tea, my dad, or something. But what if it's like, what if it's like a, a okay, have you seen the book Rap Teas? The book? Have you heard of the book Rap Teas? Yeah, I know the, no. I know, I know the, what if it's, what if it's from a white, a white dude like that? Like there are, okay, I'm, I can't, I can't, I can't exclusively say just because you're white, I'm not buying a t-shirt. Like that, the sentiment remains in that. I feel like I get where you're going with this. Right, but, like, right, right. There are so many culture vultures in vintage. Yeah, right, right, right. There's so many culture so, vultures around black culture in general right. already. I get you. And I got you. I'm not, I'm not with being upsold two three hundred dollars for a tea that you found at the bins and probably can't name two or three of their songs okay yeah like, i get that i, I get that. if if you came from a community close to mine and you've had the tea or it's been around and or you, you went whatever, to the original show or you, or get you, it. you know what yeah, i'm saying yeah, like, you're a legit fan or whatever cool but especially importantly like i can just tell when that's not the case of course and you rocking a public enemy tea but you have no idea what they stood for. You know what I'm saying? Have no idea what they stood for. We ain't talking about no five hundred dollars. But you and ain't got a single black friend. And that's why I'm like vintage, especially in like a pocket like Portland, is so touchy for me, especially when it comes or comes to like black culture. I feel that because that's what holds value. You can go get a Garth Brooks shirt at any thrift store that has a fire all over print graphic. But it's Garth Brooks, and it's, it's so funny. It's so funny you said that. Like, like, but, but to that point, though, it's so funny you said that, bro. Because I had a whole bunch of like old like HBCU stuff that my mom, for some reason, just sent out this way. And I'm Our like, why would you? Send, I'm like, why did you send this to Portland? <laughs> I'm like, yo, I felt so crazy trying to get rid of that show. I was like, yo, but I ended up giving it to. Um, do you know, uh, big homie Amiri? 
Mary Rose. What does that sound familiar? He used to work over at the at the brand. He used to work over in the agency space too. I think he's doing his own thing. Work done some stuff with like with the. Uh, I think he's done some stuff with Mima. Okay. He's like creative director. Anyway. Okay. His wife went to Howard with one of my pretty much older cousins. Okay. And I knew that his whole family was kind of like tied to the HBCU space. And they also had some younger <clears throat> kids in the family, right? So I was like, okay, bet these are the perfect people to offload this to. Mm-hmm. They're like, they didn't necessarily go to Tuskegee, but you know. Yeah. If I'm going to give it to anybody, I'm going to give it to some young black kids in yeah. Portland. As opposed to putting it in the thrift shop or giving it to a thrift shop and seeing some white what kid. I, what I've been saying, what I've been saying is so possible. heard of Tuskegee, doesn't even know yeah. how to pronounce the, univer- the name of the university. Have them walking around in that shit. I would have felt respectfully crazy. Yeah, respectfully. Yeah. Let me backtrack by saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody in their hustle. If that's your hustle and that's what you do, that's cool. Again, but you're just not gonna get me with it because unless I can understand a little bit more about you, um, and, and I and I and I, it, and I respect the fact you that know? you're saying that because that shows that you care about the preservation of the culture. You know what I'm saying? Again, we got to be a little anal about shit like that because it's like well, too many you, vultures, like you said, and. Yeah, we got to curate this shit. But it goes deeper than that. Because when you talk about, like, equity in black America, this is about to be a whole other kind. But, like, the transition of wealth. Like, okay, prime example, bootleg rap tees. These are rap tees that somebody's uncle had printed at their local screen print shop and was selling outside the concert in 92. <laughs> Not the official joint. Right. I know you're you know about, what I'm talking about? On the, on the, those the, 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 the are shoulder, going... Shoulder. Like, that was... that. Okay, if you talk about the travel of a black dollar, that's a black dude who, in the 90s, spent his black dollar to make a tee to sell back to his community. To get a printing press. Today. You know what I'm saying? And then you, you removing, like... As soon as it ends up in the hands of someone who didn't come from that culture and is selling it back to me, like that's the the dollar's been lost. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't support that. Like not only has the dollar been lost, it's the value in general has been kind of lost on this. Like, mm. like I'm appreciative that it holds, holds value, value and that you and that see it as something that's worth three, four, five hundred dollars. But once it's left my community and now it's being sold back to my community, that's the entire like equity piece that black folk are missing and that that's why i can't i can't when rock I with that. that transition of because like that creation that was that was, that was our equity like that somebody's uncle put that bootleg the graphic together somebody's aunt put that bootleg graphic together and then you know it became a staple in the communities that it was in but then for it to leave our community and then be sold back to us for for a thousand percent markup like Shit I, feels I wrong. can't. I it can't. feels wrong. I feel that. I just can't. I mean, shit, man. I feel like at the end of the day. I mean, I mean but that's how I feel about a lot of like retro product that comes out from these brands and shit. I'm like, yo, like unless it's like, for example, like the only example, the only, the only, the only situation, I guess, the only scenario in my mind where it honestly makes sense is the pro tro shit because they're actually updating the specs and what would be outdated product to make. So it, you're hold on. Nah, viable for gotta, today's you gotta stand on this take so and i get inflation is a thing pro tro is the only value you see in retro product no 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 no. i'm saying from a like if you're charging a premium for it oh okay because you're able to you're able to actually take something that was and intended for use yeah. initially in that particular space but you're also able to take it into today's okay. space and still yeah, get just as busy in it because they've updated the tech specs in it. Yeah. Okay. I can't do that in those over there. I can't do that in 
a lot of the shit I have in my room over there. Like, but they at a retail price are are taxing more, are taxing the consumer more for that than they are the the the, the shit that's meant for you to play in today. I'm like that shit don't make no fucking sense. Um, but I get it, inflation. Yeah, it's a lot that goes into that. Um, at the end of the day, I hold agree. Shit Material people. sourcing and stuff, but it's just like, yo, like, what? and ha- like, it's it's a lot to do with like the construction of shoes. Yeah, like that, um, that too. It you have to pay for that skilled labor to put or those pat to put like a complicated shoe together with but a crazy just, midsole outsole combo. Like it, that's just not an easy mold, like a Dunk or a Jordan One or whatever. Like. But it's just annoying to see the consumer have to go through that shit yeah, and get yeah, taxed yeah. for some shit that's been obsolete for 30 years. Yeah, that's true. I'm like, yo, this, you know, people have been intended to get busy in this shit for 30 years. Why are you yeah. charging me? It's part of the game, man. But again, like I it's said, still hold on to, to your shit regardless. If you hold on to it's like, damn, everything's like stocks now. As long as you hold on to it, you're never going to lose value. I've always seen product as stocks. I mean, I've always. It's pretty much gotten yeah. to that point now that's where. My parents thought I was a kid. They used to look like I was crazy. Yeah. That's how I had to like explain. Yeah, when you're talking to parents, it's different. Parents. Like my mom, like my mom, I told my mom the same shit. It's like when she always be like, you know, I'm not spending money on, you know, this and that. I'm like, well, you gotta understand, whatever I spend money on, I literally could resell it. Like yeah. everything that I like, I don't even have a lot of clothes like that. But the clothes I do have is stuff that you holds value. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if you spend thirty, forty dollars on something. Nine times out of ten, that shit ain't worth nothing but thirty, forty dollars, and you mm-hmm. ain't going. You know what I'm saying? It's not. A, I'm not saying you got to spend a lot of money to get something, but the things that we that we like, mm-hmm. they tend to have value. I'm not yeah, gonna go for to. something that's just cheap just because I need it. And it's like if it don't even speak to me, then it not only did it make me, it did not make me feel good, but it's like it's not me. It doesn't mm-hmm. it, it? Doesn't express or equate to who I am or my personality. So why not invest my money into something that I like? Might mm-hmm. be a little more pricier, but hey. 10 years from now, that motherfucker might be 10 times the amount of what yeah. I paid for. Well, not only that, 10 years from now, I'm still wearing it the same way I wore it when I just bought it. And I feel like with people like us, because we're so indulged in the culture, the we inevitably, like, we're immersed in this shit. So we, we're, it's just, we can't help it. You know what I mean? It's like, we like too much shit that's cool that has too much value. You know what I mean? Like, you play video games, you like shoes, you probably, you collect toys. Never really got into toys, but nah, video games. But the point is, is like the things that you like, though, they don't technically ever lose value if you have an interest in it. You know what I'm saying? Or that value will come back around. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but if you're genuinely interested in it, it'll always have some type of value to you personally. So you won't ever really feel like you. But I feel like what we 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 uh we put ourselves in a in a in a space where materialism has a way of working for our advantage to our advantage if that makes sense yeah i mean definitely we live in a space where materialism actually is kind of our world yeah you know like we're we're materialistic people in a in a in a like a in a i don't want to say i guess positive way in that in a sense yeah. i don't i don't like to use the word <laughs> materialistic but we're consumers we're consumers yeah, we're consumers in that way. Yeah. yeah we're consumers in that way but like but the reason why i think it, it it's not in a disrespectful manner in the way I put it is because we preserve a lot of the shit that we yeah. we enjoy. Yeah. We consume we're not just consumers. Right. Be- and I, you know I, I grapple with that a lot actually. Um, you know, in the era that we live in, because I consume a lot. Like shit, I said, even in the space we had to work in, with that right. you currently work in, I used to work in, I'm like, man, like 
we put a lot of product out into the world and when you talk about sustainability like that's just not the best for the earth but someone like myself how i justify consuming so much product is i know that i it, like if i bought it it has that emotional durability to me and i'm gonna keep it for a long time like you don't have to worry about the shoes i spent 200 dollars on ending up in a landfill because i'm gonna have them forever or you're rocking yeah, them to if, I'm, can't, right. if, you I'm, can't if I'm done with them i'll give them to somebody who can repurpose them. right or i'll re, or i'll like we like we'll restore them ourselves and keep wearing them um yep. or find a new purpose for them or put them on a shelf because they represented a moment in time for us or whatever like i know that when i consume for the most part like i'm not i'm not perfect by any means right. um but that is going to stick with me for a little bit and i and that's what like allows me to continue consuming knowing that my footprint is as big as it is you know yeah it ain't going nowhere i'm gonna pass it to my kids my family i'm just starting to embrace that the, the older i get though because like i'm I, i'm re i've never really been uh a materialistic person but i've had to learn to realize the things that we do create material if that makes sense like we we like i want to make clothes i want to make toys i want to do all these things they're physical products. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so it's weird because you naturally are technically into them, into those things, no matter how you want to look at it. It's yeah. materialism. You know what I'm saying? But at least in the way we do it, we do it in a way where it's like we're still contributing to society in a way, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Because like there's a lot of people that just consume, consume, consume. They're not doing shit to the world, to, to contribute to society, to the world. I mean, even, even just us having conversations like this on this shit is is, is a contribution because it, it opens conversation it opens up you know it gets people thinking about different perspectives different things that you wouldn't expect like the average person goes to work every day they're not fucking thinking about a logo they're not thinking about packaging but mm -hmm. as a consumer you are consumed by those things every day and someone has to create those things it's like the average individual is just very unaware of what goes around them in general goes on around them in general on a daily basis so true i don't know that is true that's my rebuttal to that but no nah, i get you i get you <laughs> a lot of people be walking around so unaware and they'll be like yo that shit just happened in front of you and playing his day and you didn't even see it i think that's also because we all have created something and have been involved in a part of the process of like product creation for whatever it may be we have a greater appreciation of it and to your point about things going over people's head, I can allow myself to be that much more of a consumer because I have an appreciation for, for what it took to get this here. And mm -hmm. for me to experience it the way that I'm experiencing it right now in this store or wherever I'm experiencing That's probably the reason I used to get so frustrated with some people I used to work with because it's like, yo, like, y'all would have never consumed this anyway. Like, you don't even really truly understand who this is even meant for. You were never a part of this subset of consumers that we're speaking to. Why are you blocking mm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what we have going on with the people who are working in this space who actually are an accurate representation of the communities we're serving mm -hmm. and creating for? Why are, you, why are you blocking our messages? And like, ah, like you said, no equity. It gets deep. After, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, I feel what you're saying. Yeah, man. I mean, shit. Uh, I wanted to dive into one more thing, but I don't know how y'all feel about it. Why are you it. blocking and why are you taking up a necessary space, really? It's kind of like... 
the the case in point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Respectfully. You're and right. by taking up and that's taking up space unnecessarily, you're like indirectly blocking. Like True. Can you can you can you uh, let us do us please? True. Basically. Respectfully. <laughs> so before we wrap this up, I had a small little thing I wanted to discuss. I wanted it to be like a real conversation, but I feel like it will turn into a whole nother tangent. But we we spoke on it briefly, and I just wanted to know your take on it because you had uh, kind of said something about it earlier. But um, how do you feel about uh, the difference between influence and inspiration? Like, do you think that there's a difference? I do. Oh, yeah, speaking um, to Mike. Oh, my fault. I'm tripping again. You good, you good. Um, <laughs> I do, I do. Uh, you know, when we was talking about the topics before the pod, like I intentionally didn't look it up, you know, the Webster definition of influence versus inspiration. I should pull that up. Because I didn't want it to, no pun intended, influence my answer <laughs> um, that I'm about to give here. But like... I think that when you think about those two words, you have to recontextualize them with, you know, in modern day with whatever you're doing, whatever you're living at the Mm -hmm. moment. We live in the age of social media where influencing is a verb that is very much (laughs) of the now. Um, When I think of influence, I think of an action attached to it. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's what I was thinking. An action. I'm going to take it one step further that has a monetary value assigned to it. So if you influence me, the action might be like I went and bought or purchased a blue sweater um, because I saw you wear a blue sweater. If I, if I saw you wear a blue sweater and then I went to my closet and got a blue crew neck or the closest thing that I had, like I was inspired by you. I feel like with today's context there has to be a dollar sign attached to influence influence. um but i know that you know when we look up the the definition it's probably not the case that's just how i see it in the context of like you know modern living you definitely Um, on to something for sure because like i definitely kind of look at it in a similar way when you say action that's exactly how i looked at it and what made me even like how this whole conversation came up was random because I was talking to a coworker. Shout out to my coworker. Um, she actually just randomly was talking about this shit, and I had to literally. It's like she asked me, and I'm like, well, I had to really put myself in a certain type of position to understand that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's easy to respond to that, mm-hmm. but it's like you got to really think for a second. So yeah. I'm like, best way I thought about it, I was like, well, I'm a music producer, right? So like. I can be, I can hear a producer, let me just name somebody like fucking, I'm just name somebody random like Timbaland, right? I can, I can hear Timbaland's beat and that shit may uh, inspire me to, I may feel like making a beat now. Like, damn, I just heard that shit like, I feel like making a beat now. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean my beat's going to sound anything like Timbaland's. Influence will be, I'm sounding like yeah now I gotta make something that sounds like him since he's influencing Mm -hmm, me Mm -hmm. to make something but like I can be inspired to just make a beat like he made me now I feel like just doing something different right now he made something kind of experimental I like I feel like just making something now I'm gonna do something too you know what I'm saying so like that's that's a that's a way of kind of separating the two and again it is an action because I feel like influence like it's it's more to an action to it you know what I'm saying inspiration is more of a thought influence is like now an action because now you're going to do something based off 
what you, I guess, saw in this sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but when you bring up to, to, to like relevant times with the money, I never looked at it like that. I mean, I think we're saying the same thing. You are, but it's just a different... It's a different, like, slightly different take on it. And maybe I shouldn't have used money as the differentiator. I mean, I feel like in today's, you know... I mean, if you definitely influence that money, can yeah, that definitely makes sense. But I mean, like, even in our, I mean, relative examples, like, you know, I talked about seeing you wear a blue sweater, so I put on a blue something. Um, or seeing you wear a blue something, so then I go buy that blue something. That's the same. That's like inherently the exact same sentiment as your example with with Timberland, like you hearing a Timberland beat and then being inspired to make something versus hearing a Timberland beat and then being inspired to, I mean, influenced to do exactly what Timberland just did or something in the scope of what Timberland just did. That's the same. Like, there's not necessarily a money. A monetary value attached to that, but it's the same sentiment. Last though. question. You see what I'm trying to well, say? I mean, the definition for influence is the capacity to have an effect on the character development or behavior of someone or something or the effect itself. Okay. Well, never mind. I guess I just about to, the, I was about to ask something. I was about to answer the, my that's question. The, that's the noun for influence. The verb for influence is you know just having influence on something. Okay. Um, the definition of inspiration. Is the process of being mentally stimulated to do or feel something, so, especially yeah, to process. do something creative. So it's more feel, it's more of a thought process, more of a feeling than an action. Than an action. Okay. So we we both we both the okay. drawing and of breath inhalation. Well, I mean that's all right. That's that's not like respiration. Yeah, that sounds like what? That's <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the definitions. I okay. mean, so I guess we were on the right track for in terms yeah. of like you know the definitions we personally have for it. For sure. Felt about the words, because I feel like that's why they don't call influencers inspirers. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know, no, they're, they're influencing, right? <laughs> you know what I'm they influence some They get you to take action, right? Exactly. Right. Nah, one hundred percent. You know, just a little, you know, little tangent I thought about, man. That's a good one to end on. That's a good one. It is, man. I had to get that some thought, um, and I'm glad I didn't look it up beforehand because I really just wanted to go with what I felt. Also, no pun intended, now that we know that inspiration is more about feelings than, you know. But, um. Oh, we don't actually. My, my last thing I was going to say until he started reading the definition was, uh, are we influenced uh, by iPhones? And I feel like we can say, yeah. What do you mean by influenced? Well, we said influence and inspiration. We all, all three of us have iPhones. What's our legitimate reasons for having iPhones? Oh, we mine can, is because I got Apple products, so like, it's easier for me to yeah, but, to but, integrate. But, but you cross, don't think there's an influence behind all that platform. to an extent? You don't think there's no form of small-scale influence of the reason why Pro- we have an probably. iPhone? Probably. Like, I'm sure that yeah, being like as popular as it is, yeah, I, I'm in it for the product <laughs> benefits, but there is definitely some No, me too, but at the same time, I still feel like we're, not, we're, we're subconsciously influenced, even if we want to say we're not. Probably. Yeah. I mean, that means Apple's doing their job. I worked for Apple for two years, so, like, I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I was, they had me before I worked for them, and they're going to have me for the rest of my life after, <laughs> like, you know. I mean, honestly, I've never really experienced too many issues with their products. Like, I still have a 2011 Unibody MacBook over here that wow. still works like a charm, like. That's what I'm saying. They're, honestly, the build quality of their stuff is just Man, I ain't gonna Better. lie. I dropped my shit on the floor and it still worked. That's what I'm saying. That's like, what we talking about? When we were growing up, you couldn't get an aluminum body laptop unless you bought an Apple. That is true. Like, and that 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 model do plastic. still fucking work. You that shit do still work. You be using that bitch. Yeah. 
That's the matter of fact. That's, that's one of the, the last joints before they took the that's album. That bitch heavy too. Yep. <laughs> I got a 2019. I would never get rid of that one for that reason alone. Because like, if you need to run a DVD, DVD. you got to, yeah. <laughs> got a DVD player. And it has At the very it least, that will always be a DVD it player. It doesn't have an HDMI port on it, but it does have the HDMI like little lightning yeah. adapter thing. So yeah. we still good. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, I think it's about that time to wrap up and hit with the jam session. Yeah, I guess we're going to hop into this jam session for y'all real quick. Shit was dope. Appreciate you pulling up, though, hey, man. man. Thank y'all yeah. for having me, man. We, and and, and this is part one. Because I'm saying, I'll be back. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and actually try to plan that, that game one, figure that I'll shit out. Back. I'll be back. I wanted yeah, to I'll see uh, what adapters I can get for us to like maybe try. Because I know I'm going to need a, a coax to HDMI and then a uh RCA to HDMI. True. It's a lot, of, it's a lot that goes into... Vintage games and, and stuff. Yeah, it's so I still want to yeah. do. Plus, it. we're trying to broadcast it. Right, I still want to do. I still want to do this like test and learn scenario where like we just put a bunch of kids who never grew up with like consoles that had coax cables and shit like that, like consoles with cartridges. That'd be a cool little sp- and just give them, old, give them an old ass TV. All this shit functions perfectly fine, right? Just have all all the cables and stuff not plugged in. Tell them just that's a cool thing. I got out. a I got a tube TV in the back of my car right now. Damn. To to go back to our point, <laughs> just so I'm gonna put a little bow on this, but I bought it for that reason. Like I bought it's a 12 inch tube TV that I found in Goodwill last week, and I was like, one, why is How there tube? Twenty four dollars. I was like, why is there a tube TV in Goodwill in 2023? And then I looked at it again and was like, nah, I need this. And, 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 <laughs> and I guarantee you, it's worth more than that twenty. Oh, it's worth about hundred bucks. Yeah, those and they're, they're not cheap. like those TVs still you can sell. Yeah, that's, they, a little, um, that's a little good personal personal size TV for gaming. That's exactly why I bought it. I wanted something to consume. Like when we was growing up, I didn't have a fifty inch flat screen in my room. Was like, that little had, TV used to play Sega at the crib? It was like a little oh, twelve inch tube man. TV. That oh, you saw me? Had. Yeah, that little small flat screen we used to just play. Remember that little small flat screen we just hook up? Yeah, where's that a, at? Ah, damn, I don't even know. That just was clutch. I had a little flat screen TV. This was a small coax joint, but like we. Used I got to... one. It's <laughs> like it was a it was a flat screen, but it had the coax on it. I got one. I'm gonna bring it to you, bro. It's sitting yes, in storage. Bro. I got you. We used to play the Sega Genesis on that joint. Yep. And because I used to have it in my bedroom at my uh, my parents' crib, we used to connect the Sega Genesis to that joint and just be up there like. Yep. Playing on the joint. Yep. Yeah, man. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's such an error. <laughs> Sleepovers and stuff. Everybody huddled around the TV. Only certain homies I had that had like huge, like, I mean, these are like families that had like hella kids and shit that had a big ass fucking TV. That real oh, yeah, we had that shit. That, that, shit, that shit. that shit lasted forever and it finally went out on us like not too long ago. My aunt, hers just bit the dust like last year the big too. box it's like a big, big sony yes, it's like a bro. big giant sony tv shout out aunt pam man she or just JBC. got rid of it was like a sony or jvc yeah. i can't remember which one it was we had a mitsubishi but, hey back in the day though if you walked in somebody's crib and they had one of them like they 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 got it they, they, had, had, one them. they had one of them and they had, and they had a console they had a console they got it it's crazy like, though because it's like how, it's crazy how that that was a thing those tvs was really a, that was that was the luxury that was luxury my before, grandma like, had one we that had was one luxury. the big screen test the big ass fucking because box, technically dog. it's a that's projector wild, in the back of that like that's not a tube tv right no, I mean, so those were heavy as hell if i'm gonna i'm about to sound real nerdy but when we get into like Video. What's the standard name for those TVs? What were they called? Uh, Rear projection TV. That's what they're called? Right. So, like, you remember when games used to come with, like, a little light gun? Like a Dreamcast or a it would have a little light. Those only work on tube TVs because of 
the nature of how video was being transmitted. Oh, so, so if, if you, you had like a, a if you were playing duck hunt or something like that, it wouldn't work. On on a, that. It wouldn't work on a rear projection TV because it's not a tube. Like you need <laughs> the way that that light gun interacted yeah, with it. Had, uh, had, had to be light. right. Like right. Really like okay. All right, I'm not I, gonna get okay. into the weed no, of like how, you, just, you know I what I'm saying, but like they. We it back in the day we thought in a certain yeah back in the day yeah. we thought all that technology was the same type of technology but it wasn't like it was different and which is why those were so expensive because they basically put a mini projector in a in a big MTV. ass white yeah and then like shot the thing this shit memories dog that's what i'm saying <laughs> this is why we getting old <laughs> bro the mitsubishi yes and talk about something like it, it got to the point now where you have to pay to get those removed from your crib, bro. The heaviest yeah, fuck. Heavy I'm like surprised. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out how we got it upstairs. Goodwill bro, won't we take to... it. Like, you have to pay somebody to take that thing out your crib if it bite the dust, bro. Like, didn't they? Like, it's just crazy to see what we came from, bro. Like, bro, my grandma, my grandma had one that had lasted forever, That's a removal dog. fee, bro. Like... <laughs> But yeah, shit, we're gonna hop into this uh into this jam sesh. Alright, y'all. This brings us to the end of this episode. We appreciate you rocking with us. Hit the like, comment, and subscribe buttons. And share it with your peoples. Leave us some feedback. If you're looking for us, we're on the digital streaming platforms. But if you prefer to watch, check us out on YouTube at Earns World TV. All music from the jam sesh is available on the playlist via Spotify and Apple Music. So hit the link in the description. But if you want to jam with us, hit YouTube. If you have any music you want to share, our DMs is open. As always, we're your hosts, DJ Iron One. And if you. We'll see you next time. Holla back.